no. <laughs> Three, two, one, no. Why don't we no. start him like that? That's perfect. Three, two, one, no. Just stop it. Just be normal. I can't. I know. Trying as hard as I can. We're back. We took a little week off. We did. Easter, which isn't really why we took off. I don't really, I mean, we just, it didn't I mean, work out. I mean, it was, but wasn't at the same time. We're with, Easter egg hunting. family and enjoying our time together, taking a break. Uh, sometimes it's just kind of needed. Uh, but yeah, now we're back. Did you need a break from us? A, a break? I, di- I didn't get a break from you guys. <laughs> Do you need a break from us? Sometimes. 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 If we hunted for Easter eggs, two-part question. Oh, okay. Who could find the most, the fastest? Me, because neither of you are very observant. Next question. There's still some in my house. See? I have a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, who could eat the most hard-boiled Easter eggs? Hard-boiled Easter eggs. Yeah, should I find them? Like colored well, eggs. Yeah, colored eggs, but they're hard-boiled. That's not exciting. I thought you were well, going to say who could eat the most candy and be like, Psh, of course me. You uh, think that? I I know that. You deprive yourself of all this stuff for six months and then decide that do you, you can. Do you know how there's like awful candies? Like we were talking about milk last duds. Night. Oh, phenomenal! What is? They're not milk duds. Whoppers. Oh, those oh are yeah, they're gross. horrible. Those, yeah, those, those, yeah, they're horrible. Malted. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, those are gross. Uh, it, Amanda likes good and plenties. The good ones that taste like that licorice. Is. It's like, like little, the Mike and Ike's. little capsules. They're like oh, but they're but they licorice. taste like licorice. And they make you want to throw up. They're like actually you have like a little reaction where you almost throw up. They're horrible. No, they're horrible. They're great. What did you think of that Quest candy? Unbelievable. We have a couple listeners well, who are... you ate them without no, me? No, we still have one. There's still Jesus. six more. But you still ate it without me. You, you didn't have one. one. We were at the park taking a walk. What do you want me to just put it in my pocket and let it melt in there? <laughs> Fine. Of course I ate it. Rude. Instantly. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Rude. If you haven't tried the Quest candies yet, you're depriving yourself of joy. Period. Well... I don't have a choice. So. Not you. I mean, Jeez. just not people in contest prep. <laughs> Nor regular people. Uh, yeah, so Rye found them, and you found them at which Target? Uh, the one in Powell. In Powell. But I saw okay. on the Quest Instagram that they only sell them at like Target and then two other places that we don't have here in Ohio. Yeah. You can get was... them on the computer? You can. I mean, you, you can get them on Amazon. They yeah. are on Amazon. Yeah, but like in terms of in person. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, so one of them is at Target and the other one I think is at Walmart. And so those are the two stores, obviously, that we have here locally. They're really good. Yeah, they're unbelievable. I hate you. Uh, do you remember, uh, so in Pittsburgh they were called Mario Bars because of like Mario and Mew. Uh, but it reminded me of that where basically it was like caramel, chocolate, and Peanuts. It was like a kind of like a Snickers or like a Milky Way. Mm-hmm. It was like a round, misshapen Snickers. If a Snickers uh, melted in your pocket and then it was like all funky shape. And then shape. froze again. Yeah, it is, that's what it was. It was unbelievable. Great. And it makes you jacked. Mm-hmm. Easy. Best of both worlds. That's uh-huh. an honest conversation. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst. You don't. You like announce the segue. You don't just go into I it. I might be the that's best. That's when you become the best, right? Like me. You just... <laughs> Segue, not announce. Like, hey, that was a great segue. Moving on to our actual topic. This first topic was sponsored by Vitamin D capsules. Take some; they're healthy for you. Or just go outside. Either way, whatever you want to do. You can't. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, you can. It's a little yucky, but it's like sleeting out there. It is not sleeting. (laughs) Jeez Louise! Even the animals are taking cover. (laughs) Oh boy. 
Let's get serious. Four minutes in. <laughs> Every four, time. Four minutes of gold. Every time. Three people in Germany just turned it off. They're like, you know what? No. How about no? <laughs> they have not said a single word about fitness or health. I'm trying to get healthy and fit, and that none of that did it for me. None just, of it. It was things about how to be happier with candy. <laughs> with candy. Via candy. <laughs> healthy candy, quote unquote. Yeah. What are we talking about today? For reals. Why do you always look at me when <laughs> because the Because you is say like nothing kind of and so it's like you can you can take the wheel sometimes. It's okay. You're allowed to talk. I know dad does a lot, but you can. It's okay. Am I? You are. Uh honest conversations. <gasps> but what does that mean? About what? Do we have to have an honest conversation with you as a Maybe. young man coming of age? Maybe. Is that what this is about? Maybe. About the ladies' game? Maybe. The most da- <laughs> uh, often referred to by many people as, as the most dangerous game. The most dangerous game. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm here to teach you guys some things. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about tracking progress. And maybe, maybe I, we've mentioned it before on various episodes. If you haven't listened to the first I don't know, 47 episodes, go back, spend your Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, listening to all of those, some of the finer points. So maybe if you look a little deeper, how you can track your progress, because uh, for some, maybe it's not completely apparent, especially when you've maybe been in the, you've been working out a resistance training for a long period of time, and it's not your first couple months. Sometimes you have to look a little deeper. Yeah, so definitely progress with regard to performance. Uh, and I also want to talk about nutrition and aesthetic progress, because I think that's an issue um, that we just kind of need to have straight conversations and in, in with yourself, sort of straight thoughts about about whether you're actually doing what you need to do or whether you're just sort of uh, fooling yourself, maybe. Well, and I think that, that it is the bigger picture and that at the end of the day, that's what matters, because you can be making progress in one of those three areas and not in others uh but that's because it's it's correlated and so we need to understand that in order to continue with progress we need to be on our mind our p's and q's in all three areas so why don't we start with ways to evaluate fitness related progress and so why don't we just turn it to you and why don't you kind of go through what you think are maybe the big ways where for either for yourself or for clients you evaluate whether you're moving forward. Yeah, I think that obviously the easiest way for all of us to is some in some form or fashion we are tracking our workouts every day, every week, every month. Uh, and that's the easiest way, right, to just kind of see on paper like, oh, So back in September, I was able to back squat four sets of 10 at 135 pounds. And now here in April, I'm able to do five sets of 12 at 165 pounds. Yeah. And to add to that, not only is that an important thing just psychologically, like, oh, look, I'm getting stronger. If you're not tracking your progression... Regardless of what you're training for, if you're training for to change your physique, uh, or if you're or health or general strength, if you aren't tracking week over week, you are doing it wrong. You are spinning your wheels. 
uh, because you can't be making any sort of real progression if you have no idea where you're coming and where you're going. So what we need to think about is literally having some kind of log. Uh, our clients use TrueCoach that keeps track of things for them and for us so we can uh, program progressively. Uh, but you can use an Excel sheet, a Google sheet. Like, it really doesn't matter. A uh, pen and paper. Yeah, you could keep a notebook. <laughs> like, that's the oldest school way. People have been doing that for 50 years. Uh, but you have to... You have to Keep track of what you're doing in terms of weights and reps and potentially perceived effort week over week, and it needs to progress week over week um, in some form or fashion. It could be in terms of sets or reps or weight or some combination. Um, but if you're just doing the same thing uh, for weeks on end, you're inherently not progressing. And so then we need to reevaluate what you're doing and why. So that's the first thing tracking progression within fitness uh can we also can you use like qualitative things like how you look as a as a proxy for forward movement with regard to general fitness or with depending on what your goals are uh for sure because obviously if you're making progress in terms of your general strength then you're going to see some aesthetic changes um, and so body composition is huge. And typically when we say that, everybody thinks like, oh, the scale, the scale is going to tell me that I'm moving or I'm progressing in one way or the other. And that's not necessarily true. That is a data point that we can use. Um, but how do you look when you look in the mirror? Do you feel you look better? Are your clothes fitting differently? Are you finally able to fit in a pair of jeans that you haven't been able to wear for two years? Uh, or, you know, you it's summertime and now you've gotten summer clothes out and it's like, oh, like I can't fit in the clothes that I wore last summer because I have lost weight or inches um, and my body is different. Yeah, I think that's all all great points. One thing that I wanted to go back to before we get any further down the line is that uh, like kind of perceived effort. Um, sometimes that's overlooked in terms of the point of progression. So even if it's the same weight, and maybe this is a little bit more in the uh, strength side rather than hypertrophy, but still applies to both. Um, you can do maybe the same weight for the same reps two weeks over, but if the first week you feel like things were, you know, two reps at 200 pounds was extremely hard, maybe a nine out of 10, but the second week you do the same thing, two reps at 200 pounds, but maybe it's a seven out of 10. That's also can be for, seen as a form of progression too, because you are, it's easier, right? If it was an absolute grind, but then the second time you're like, you know what, that was a little bit easier, then that's also some way that we can progress. So sometimes I think people get lost in like, well, I've done these weights before, maybe in a previous mezzo, uh, but don't realize that things are moving a lot faster. So that bar speed that we've talked about in the past is also a huge portion of that. For yeah, sure. I think that's an excellent point. I think the sort of reverse of that is also true, that as you become fitter, Sometimes I think there's the expectation that at some point movements are going to become easier. And that may be true, right? So if you're doing something that's inherently a little awkward at first, um, the more you practice it, the better you get, the easier it's going to feel. And we see that all the time with people who are especially brand new to kind of thoughtful, progressive fitness coming in and doing one-on-ones. 
that it's super awkward for them and super kind of mechanical at first. And then after about two weeks, they look like they've been doing it forever. And it's fine. It's easy for them. Uh, but sometimes we have the expectation mistakenly that at some point stuff's just going to get easy. I'm just going to grind through these uh, front squats or split squats for a little while. And then at some point, I'm going to come in some Tuesday and they're just going to be easy. And unfortunately, in in like real, actual progressive fitness, that doesn't happen. It, they may feel better because you're stronger or you're just in a neuromuscular sense better at the movement. But like back squats are never going to be easy. It is always going to be a soul-sucking grind that you're going to fight your way through. Like none of us ever at this point have days like that where you're back squatting or deadlifting or doing something that's very taxing like that and you like walk away smiling. Basically, no. <laughs> right? You don't like you're there and you're just breathing very heavily trying to pull it together for your next set. So I think that's the thing is people have this ex- this expectation that there's going to be some magic ray of sunshine where it gets real easy. It's like, no, no, no. It's going to get harder because you're just going to get stronger. And we have to push more, basically, to continue to have you progress. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. And for some people, especially if they've been on this road for a little while, can feel like uh, their progress has stalled. But again, it goes back to like referencing where you were. Um, and so we like split squats. Um not in that they're fun for us, but we know that they are important and work on a lot of things in terms of imbalances and that sort of thing. Uh, but there are a lot of people that come in and can't do them, right? Like just their body weight standing free of anything and take their knee to the ground and drive up and stand back um, in that position. And so if you are one of those people that when you started, like you had to be by a pole or by the wall to help you lower yourself to touch your knee to the ground, or maybe not even touch your knee to the ground. And now you're like doing it with 65 pounds on your back and a back rack, and you're able to do it for reps and reps. Like that shows you progress. Is that easy? No, no, it is not easy. But from going from using a wall or a pole to then being able to do it weighted on your back is a huge step in progress and in the right direction. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that in the moment. Um, And it's where keeping accurate records can be very helpful because you can look back on your own and be like, oh, yeah. So I've made like an order of magnitude of progress with this. I I literally could not do it. And now I can do it without assistance and with significant external load. Like I'm actually like pretty good at it now. Um, but it obviously feels maybe just as difficult. It might even feel harder. And that's just kind of the reality. Um, I, so perceived effort, I think, is a huge thing. Like for any of this to happen, like the perceived effort needs to be there. Unless it's a deload week where, of course, obviously we're purposely having the perceived level of effort be pretty low at the beginning of the week and then really low at the end of the week if we're doing things kind of effectively. Um, you, you know, in your normal training, like it, it just it will come back to this, obviously, but it, it has to be challenging. Like for you to progress, the reality is, is that it needs to be in a cycle more and more challenging week over week. So your perceived effort is probably going to be higher week over week, all things, you know, considered. For sure. So... Thanks for segueing back to that, Rye. 
Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, so back to um, kind of points and looking at aesthetics in terms of changes. Um, you know, obviously, we have several females who uh, work with us or females in general in fitness. One of the biggest things that they say uh, is that they don't they don't want to work out or they don't want to exercise and lift weights because it's going to make them bulky. Um, and the reality is, is you have to work really, really hard, maybe even do a little something extra in order to make that happen. Um, the reality is the changes in your body composition that you want come from adding resistance training. So that quote unquote toned look that you're going for is what's going to happen if you're squatting, if you're deadlifting, if you're lunging, you're pressing, um, your muscles are then actively working and they're getting stronger. And so that is what's going to lead to those physical changes um, in terms of progression. Yeah, I think people, again, get lost. We've said this on the podcast before, but we're going to say it again and say it 30 more times <laughs> because it's such a, we hear it constantly. And just one of the things that makes you want to just put a nail in your eye when you hear it is like, I don't want to get bulky. It's like, well, guess what? Like, you're not. So don't worry about it. Uh, it is almost physiologically impossible for girls to get quote unquote bulky, uh, even with the highest level of like perfect nutrition, perfect training, perfect effort within your training. Like you're just, it's just not going to happen. Um, you have to, it, so unless you take steroids, you won't be. So I think people have this picture in their head of like a female physique sport athlete and they compete in women's bodybuilding and they have this sort of like an appearance that looks kind of like a guy or in many cases a lot like a guy. Yeah, it's because they're taking male hormones. So as long as you don't do that, you won't look anything like that. That is just like the – the, and I think honestly and just being perfectly honest since, since that's like the underlying thing here, I think that's a cop-out. I think people don't want to don't want to put in effort, and so it's it's the equivalent of saying like I'm just trying to stay healthy. Bullshit, like you're like that's such a lower order, lowest level thing coming in. I just want to be healthy for my kids. Okay, well that it's two weeks you basically have that. Congratulations. Um, everybody wants a physique that they want, and we need to be honest about that. But the reality is, is like. There's like this fundamental misunderstanding of how hard it is past a certain point to put on muscle, right? Where you have people moving heaven and earth to put on muscle and barely do it. And they're, they're, they're dialed in to the tenth of a percent. Hitting 80% of your nutrition and 85% and of your workouts, like I wouldn't worry too much. I think you're going to get in shape, but you're, you know, being bulky, whether you're a boy or a girl, frankly, is just... Not going to happen. I was going to say, <clears throat> when you say, like, being perfect with everything, that's, like, I'd, I think, like, the level of perfection is, like, unfathomable to most, like, that's not, it's, like, so, so extremely detailed, even with your sleep. Like, uh, when no, was the last time either of you missed a meal? So, you, we all, you all eat, uh, you eat five a day. Yeah. You do six Total? Uh, five total. Five total. I do it technically seven. Six, six solid food and then one shake. When was the last time you guys missed one of those? No. Yeah. Couldn't, I mean, <laughs> even, even like, uh, and we talk about this, like even if we, 
have like pizza or we go out somewhere or like Easter last week where maybe like still making smart choices, but not like extremely dialed in, maybe not measuring everything. You still like still have a casing shake or a chicken breast before you go to sleep. Like you yeah. still, it's still, it's, there's, it's not like even, or even after we have like pizza or whatever and you feel awful, you're still like, all right, well, you still, still hit all your, have it. Yeah. you still hit all your targets. You still at, you know, 11 PM or whenever your last meal is supposed to be are going to have some chicken breast and you, you know, it's like, you just don't miss it. When was the last time you missed a workout? <laughs> I don't know. If I don't I, know. I don't, like it's a long time. Barring like injuries. Years. Yeah. Years. Yeah. And it's like, so, so, but if you look at Ryan and I, uh, do we look like bodybuilders? No. <laughs> we want to, but we don't. Like, I the reality is, like, like, we don't. The average person saw us, they'd be like, oh, they work out. Let's do this. guys are in decent like, shape. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's the other thing is I think people listening to this, especially our clients, like look at us at like this like gold level standard. Well, I can't do what you guys do. And the reality is, at the end of the day, like we are still normal, right? Like we still enjoy life, right? So obviously, barring the last six months for me being in contest prep, like we still enjoy things like pizza and ice cream. Um, but we make it to where it doesn't affect or very little has very little effect on our ultimate goal. And our ultimate goal is that we want to be able to perform. We want to continue to get stronger. We want to look good when we're in public, whether we're fully clothed or at a pool in swimsuits. Like, and so we're the expectation is nothing more than what we expect out of ourselves and what our clients tell us they expect from themselves. We do the, yeah, it's the it, it, when periods where you're not which are temporary, it's not permanent in deep contest prep. We go to restaurants, we do all that stuff, but you still hit all your targets within the range within the realm of that. And so the reality is it has literally no effect. So you'll, your weight will jump up for a couple of days because you're holding on to water, but you predict that and you understand it's predictably going to go down. It has no negative effect whatsoever in the anything but shortest of terms. And you have absolute control of it. And we don't have anything special in our personalities. You just make a decision about what's important to you. So I think that the other honest element of this is you need to decide as a listener and as a participant in fitness and thoughtful nutrition, like how how important is it to you? If it's not that important, then stay at eighty percent. The say, reality is, you just won't really move forward that much. I was gonna say I've seen uh, in like various pages or groups that I follow and kind of observe. There's like people will have they're like, well, I'm you know I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, I'm following this, but my, my meal adherence is at 80%. I don't understand why, like, why isn't, why are things not happening? And it's like, what? 80% isn't good. 80% is, if you have five meals a day, that means one of them is not, yeah, is not what it's supposed to be. So that's not even like out of one in a week, which is whatever, at 34 out of 35 are perfect. One isn't. Um, 
that's like 80% is not, is not good. 80% is better than 60%. 80% in terms of nutrition adherence is an F. You fail. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you have goals, especially that involve fat loss, that is more than enough to, to totally supersede anything you're doing with regard to uh, resistance training or daily activity or your other nutrition, you can easily eat your way out of a deficit if you're off with 20% of your meals. You can do it, like, like you said, one, one a day. Even if you eat six times a day, it's still 18%. Like, you can easily destroy a day's or a week's worth of progress in, just by being less than adherent. For sure. And I think, again, it goes back to identifying what your goals are and what your timeline for those goals are. And how important, at the end of the day, they are in the realm of the rest of your life, right? Like, obviously, for the three of us here, having these conversations, eating the way we do, exercising the way we do, living our lives outside of the gym, um, are all in line with our ultimate goal because it is something that's important for us. And that's the stage of life in which we are in. Uh, and so if that goal for you is a flexible one, because there are other things in your life that are more important, then you have to understand that you are not going to see the outcomes that you want to see because you're not giving it your full effort. I think it's also important to really have a, a hard conversation with yourself and understand that these aren't binary decisions. It's it's not either like eat clean or don't feed your kids. Right? Like so maybe consider that like everybody in your house should be eating healthful food. That like your kids shouldn't be having like dino bites and you're and you're having kale salad. Like that maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, and sometimes that's what we hear and it just obviously having had children like that doesn't work with me. I reject that totally. That's an excuse is like you control what your kids eat, you're in charge, um, and that these healthy habits that you're working so hard to engage in should be effectively a non-negotiable for the rest of your family too because it directly affects their health as well. And so if we look at things being broader than oneself, especially when the, with regard to loved ones, um, these things transfer directly. It's not like I eat this because I'm on my special diet, but you guys are going to hammer it with, you know, hot sausage and pizza. It's like maybe we all should have like some lean meat and, and, and a little bit more veg and a little bit less, you know, whatever, bread or whatever. Right. Fill in the game. Fill, fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, again, those things are a little bit more challenging when you have to take other people into consideration, but it's also a, a conversation with those people if they're adults about like the overarching goal for, for the whole group, the whole team, so to speak, and not just not just you. Right. And it, and you have to decide when something isn't part of the plan or not aligning with your goals. Is that an excuse just because you want to make an excuse in that moment because you want to have the piece of cake or you'd rather sit on your couch and watch an episode of Netflix versus going to the gym? Uh, are you trying to find an excuse uh, to, to allow yourself that deviation? Um, 
or or is it really something like that this this is important like my whatever my my kid fell down and I have to take them to the hospital like obviously that's something you can't change and you shouldn't like not take your kid to the hospital to go exercise but sitting on the couch and watching Netflix instead of getting your exercise in for the day should not be become a negotiation or become an excuse uh, if your goal is important to you. Or it can. Just understand that you'll have worse results, period. You can do that. We're not going to tell you you can't. We're just also going to say that like, if you consistently choose to watch TV as opposed to go for a walk, um, like there's a consequence to that. It's just that simple. And I, my guess is most people listening to this right now are well aware of that. It's just the reality of accepting that as a consequence. So how, now that we've covered all of that, we kind of mentioned with like the scale, but how else can we track maybe our progress in terms of nutrition other than just what the scale reads, which is obviously a good metric, but not the, not the only thing to pay attention to. Um, I think that's a loaded question and obviously one that changes from person to person. Um, you know, and, and obviously we try to meet people where they are in terms of nutrition. At the end of the day, there are basics that everyone should uh, stick to. Uh, and I mean, we did a whole episode about nutrition in terms of being consistent and what your day should look like. Um, so if you want to hear specifics on that, go listen to that podcast. Um, but for someone who drinks, I don't know, four 32 ounces of Coke every day because they go to like, so much, but uh, you you think if you go and have a meal and you get a Coke, you know, you're eating out at every meal and that's where you, like, that's where you're starting progress for you may be like that becomes a once a week thing, right? Like that's a huge amount of progress that you are able to eliminate not only eating out, but eliminate drinking, you know, full on Coke from your diet. And that's huge. And if you were somebody that was like, oh, I can't drive past whatever Chick-fil-A or I can't drive past McDonald's without stopping. And now you are able to do like, that's huge. For others, it may be like, oh, you know, I, you know, I made sure that I ate five times a day, but maybe it was like one meal was all carb loaded and no balance there. And now for that person, it looks like, nope, I ate a protein, fat and carb with every single meal that I eat throughout the day. Um, And then for others, it's nope, I've kind of been doing that for a while. And now it's I'm hitting my protein goal, I'm hitting my fat goal, I'm hitting my carb goal for every single meal, every single day. And I've done that for weeks over weeks, months over months. Yeah, it's definitely a meeting someone where they are thing. But there are some realities. And so obviously, when we're working with people on an individual basis, we're really trying to push adherence more than anything else, adherence and consistency. And we can evolve how we're doing, what we're actually doing over time. There's no substitute for the fact that in terms of pure control, weighing and measuring your food is the king or the queen. It is the gold standard. Um, Where we kind of, because that gives you an actual quantification of what you're taking in. And we can work with that. Obviously, when we're not doing that, 
the next step back is to just try to be very consistent and have a sense, a close sense of what you're taking in and have those things focused on certain items and away from other items. And again, where one is with that is based on what they think they can adhere to and be consistent with. And so there isn't, you know, while there is a one that's probably more effective, it's not effective if you don't do it. And I think that's the underlying thing is we need consistency. There are no magic foods. There is no magic pill. You need to be consistent and thoughtful. And so long as you're doing that and you have the guidance of someone else to progress you as it's appropriate, then you should be in a good good spot. But again, if we're going to be consistent, like 80% isn't very consistent. 95% is consistent. And that's where we kind of need to strive to be with that. And then using tools like how you look in the mirror, which is personal to you. That's like getting out of the shower and you like take a quick look at yourself. Everybody does it, right? Everybody does a quick physique check as they're getting out of the shower, whether they're pleased with it or not. Um, and how your clothes fit. And, and that can be much more telling, especially if you're more toward being a beginner than scale weight. Scale weight can help, but it's a blunt force instrument. So we need to look at, at other items as well and not be fixated on a particular weight or something like that. I think another thing to, to kind of think about is, is we can also be our hardest critics and we can also like destroy the progress we've made because we are so hard on ourselves. Um, and so having somebody and like having an honest conversation with someone or somebody else like noticing like, oh, like, right, like you look really good. Like you can tell that you've made some progress. Um, it, it, that changes everything and you have to know that like when somebody says that to you like they're not just trying to like blow smoke up your ass like they're being serious because they know that you've put in the hard work and you're, you're putting in the time um, and so while you need to be honest with yourself don't be so hard on yourself that like you're not acknowledging like what's actually happening and enjoy enjoy the fruit of your labor this, this could go the other way, too. Sometimes you'll get blasted with, like, you're, are you massing? Your face looks a little fat. Are you, you're trying to... <laughs> Looking a little full there. This is full musculature. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. So, I think to that vein, the, an idea behind all of this is to try to be as intentional as you can. Sometimes we've seen people get into a situation... Uh, and I've seen it as long as I've been involved with fitness, whether it's one-on-one, uh, personal training, coaching group class, individual design, remote coaching, whatever, um, where unfortunately sometimes people get caught in the cycle of thinking like that they're, they're doing something, they're participating, they're paying the money, they even show up to the gym, and then that inherently is enough. Right. I'm paying my X amount of dollars a week or a month. I pay all the I quote pay all this money. Uh, they show up to the gym a couple times a week. They even do their programming most of the, for the most part as as it's written. Uh, but they and they are okay with nutrition, but all of it lacks intention. Ticking the boxes. If you have goals that you really want to achieve, is often not enough. That's just the reality. That's not our role. That is the role. Uh, coming in and showing up is not enough. 
the effort has to be there. The self-evaluation of finding a better version of you has to be there. And, and we can't do that for you. Coaches can't do that for you. Coaches can't want you to be better more than you do. That's not how it works. And paying the money in and of itself doesn't do it. You have to, you have to be invested in the process. So I think it's the idea, the takeaway for maybe for all of this, to me, is to be intentional and invested in what you're doing. And then, then we can help you work around the potholes that are inevitably going to come on your path. Right. And it goes back to, again, having those honest conversations with yourself, right? Like, because at the end of the day, if you, if you are working with a coach and you like, don't tell your coach like, yeah, I went on like a bender over the weekend and ate like four brownies and had ice cream and pizza and had a couple of beers. Uh, and you know, you tell the coach, no, I like, I stuck to my meal plan. I did this, I did this. And then your workout's for that week are crap because well your body's reacting to what you fed it like then you're not being honest with yourself and at the end of the day that only deters you more like it doesn't that doesn't change anything for us as coaches like except to see like all right well they said they were sticking to the plan but they're not hitting their numbers that they were hitting last week they're not progressing everything just seemed super hard Maybe it's because they need a deload, like, and we're left going, I don't know what to do with this person because this is what happens, but it's because you weren't honest about what you did, you weren't honest with yourself, and now at the end of the day, you are the one suffering. Yeah, we can only evaluate based, based on the information we have. So if we have incomplete data or inaccurate data, we have, in many cases, not no idea initially. Um, and we have to make decisions based on that. So I think that's it's another thing just to be open with, with whoever's doing your coaching or and open with yourself is about you know, if you you fall off a little bit, it's not the end of the world. But that's we need to account for that. Yeah, and I think you have to understand and and realize if at least from our perspective as coaches, like there's no judgment being placed on you for the decisions that you make. Right? Like at the end of the day, it's your choice what you choose to do. If you choose to do your workout, if you choose to hit your nutrition, or if you choose to deviate from any of those, like that's your choice. We're not going to judge you for that. But in order to continue your progress towards your stated goal, we need to know that and account for that as we continue to program. Yep. Honest conversations. You got to have them. That's the only way forward. Bing, bang, the boom. If you listen to this and you thought, I have it pretty much there, but I struggle with hitting my protein sometimes, I have an answer for you. Core Nutritionals. You can use code RY, capital R, capital Y, capital E. Get yourself some Core ISO. All flavors are banging. And uh, What's your favorite flavor? Uh, rolling hard with peanut butter toffee. Oh, hit that in the Nutramix, Nutribullet, whatever. Yeah, magic bullet. Mad the old, yeah, the old health bullet, <laughs> with the old a, muscle bullet, with maybe a, a little bit. Uh, uh, banana, and it hits way different. And then, and then meal three, four, whatever meal is checked off in the hopper. Yep, I love <laughs> the it. hopper method. So yeah, check out Core <laughs> Nutrition. Oles, Core Nutritionals, they have some other fun stuff too. Multivitamins, everyone needs those. Check them out. Absolutely. 
Make sure your nutritionals are covered with core nutritionals. Save yourself a couple bucks. All right. I'm out of words. you have anything else? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a complete lie. We'll continue to chat for, I don't know, hours after Oh, yeah. Even ends. when the microphone goes off, we just keep... We just keep going wild but as of now we'll we will say goodbye and we will say see you next week